0: Hello, everybody, and happy December. I definitely have wanted to come on to my podcast and give everybody a life update, but it definitely seemed like after having surgery, everything was pretty chaotic getting back to work and getting back to clients. And then Thanksgiving came, and now it's Christmas time. So Um, I just wanted to first reach out to you guys and just say thank you for the listens. Um, Some people have seen, like, the Spotify list and everything that has come out, and people are sharing, like, how much music they listen to and everything like that, but um, those of you who do listen to my podcast on Spotify, um, huge thank you. Um, I got, I mean, I have... Um, listeners from the United States and actually I got some stats and I have listeners from the UK which is crazy that I have listeners into in the UK but that's pretty cool huge thank you to both my United States listeners and the UK um, I have people um, the stats were showing that um, you guys listen to my podcast mainly between the hours of 11 a.m and 5 p.m So I'm assuming that y'all are not listening to me at work, or maybe if you are listening to me at work, you are allowed to listen to me at work and you're not getting in trouble for listening to me at work. So um, I just wanted to tell you all thank you for uh, just supporting me. Um, It means a whole lot. Um, So many of you guys just take the time to listen and even give me your feedback, I've had people reach out with emails and stuff like that and it's just really cool to hear from everybody who takes time to listen to these podcasts. So um, I will go ahead and get into <clears throat> a little bit. I want to talk about just an update on where I am because I believe the last time um, I shared my podcast, I kind of gave a little bit of a blip it of why I was having hip replacement and um, I am actually one hip replacement down um, had the right one done. And I have the left one that I am having done in two weeks, which it will be December seventeenth. So the weekend right before Christmas. And uh, to be honest, um, I literally feel like I'm in limbo just kind of like waiting for the surgery to happen. Um, I can't do a whole lot of rehabbing right now just because I still have a lot of Um, just stipulations on what I can and cannot do since having my right hip replaced. So I figured I would go ahead and give you guys an update on where I am with my hip replacement. And um, I've had a lot of people ask me questions and a lot of people don't understand or whatever. But for those of you who um, are maybe just catching this episode and wondering what the heck happened or whatever, um, just a refresher that when I was younger, um, I had slipped epithesis, which it's a whole long story. You can look it up. It's basically like my growth plates. They don't work. They don't do what they're supposed to do, all that type of stuff. Um, I'm not going to go into scientific terms because nobody ever seems to understand what I what i tell them so look up slipped epithesis or google it whatever you want to do um it's basically like hip dysplasia they had to go in and put screws into my hips my right hip when i was in fifth grade and eighth grade we did my left hip so all of this time through my weight loss journey yes i've had screws in my hips and so yeah i mean i was overweight for all that time as well as I ran over five half marathons and several numerous to count 5Ks and 10Ks in between all of those races I had done. um, My goal was definitely to try and get to 10 half marathons, but um, when I got to my eighth one, that never really happened because of my hips hurting so bad. So yes, I had hardware in my hips when I was running. And so that's something that a lot of people don't understand is I was running on a great amount of pain that I never even realized I was running on and it's over time in the last year and a half it's just gotten so much worse and that's why i did go to the doctor so to update everybody i did have my hip replaced my right hip replaced um back in october it was october 18th and what they did is they went in and removed the screws that were already in my hips and they lengthened me out a half inch and then took my quadricep muscle and And pulled it up and reattached it. So um, people who um, have just a regular hip replacement. This is a little bit different. Because yes I'm having a total hip replacement. But they have to first remove the hardware beforehand. So that's kind of. What happened there um to be honest everybody asked me how is it going or how did it go and I'm doing so much better now for my right side but I will not lie to anybody like I hated every bit of it one because I just don't do well sitting around but two um the first like I guess everybody who has had surgery must have forgotten about how much like pain they were in after surgery and I really like to think of myself as being like a huge I have a a huge pain tolerance and so I would say that I had all these people have had, you know, surgeries, shoulder surgery, knee surgeries, hip surgeries, all these surgeries. And everybody's like, oh, my gosh, you'll be so glad that you did it. You'll wake up a brand new person. You'll, you know, you'll feel amazing. Da da, 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 da. And I honestly thought I was going to wake up and I'd be like, Ta-da, I feel amazing. And to be honest, I woke up bawling, like crying. Um, I don't ever remember being in this much of pain ever before, um, but I literally felt like I had been hit by a truck and I don't know what that feels like, but I'm going to say it's pretty similar. So I just, I was not expecting to have that much pain and yes, um, yeah, they did. I had pain medicine and everything like that, but I am not a, a med- like a huge medicine person. Like I don't do well with, I guess you'd call them narcotics. I like I remember having surgery in the past. I can't do, do any type of like hydro like codeine type of stuff. So um, we did Norco, and the first uh, first twenty four hours after my surgery and doing two painkillers, that just made me so sick. And so by the second day, we ended up dropping me down to one um, pain med every four to six hours, which helped a lot. But I definitely felt, I felt like crap and um, I will not candy coat that because um, I I think I would have done, I had a conversation with somebody yesterday and I honestly think I would have done better with surgery if somebody would have said, listen, the first three weeks are rough. Like your first two weeks where, you know, I thought it was ridiculous when the doctor told me, you know, the first two weeks. Like after surgery, you have to be completely off from work. And I thought, that's ridiculous. Like two weeks, there's no way I'm going to need that much time off. And I definitely needed the two weeks. I definitely could have taken three, but I had to get back to work. And that's kind of the the thing with a job that I have is if I don't meet with a client, I don't get paid. And so Um, when it's time to rest, it's like, okay, at what point in time do you have to suck it up and get back to work? So I did return back to work about it was like fourteen days after my surgery and it started out real slow and it started out with a lot of tears. Um, you know, I transitioned from being in the hospital and you know, when I was in the hospital it was rough in the beginning because I I do fall borderline anemic and never really thought about that, but you do lose a lot of blood in a hip replacement. And so, um, I kept trying, they kept trying to get me up to walk, which when you get out of a hip replacement, there's no resting. It's like, you got to get up, you got to use it, that type of thing. And so, um, first time I tried to get up, I just got nauseous and sick and all my blood just rushed down, down out of my head. Um, had to sit down and um, then the next time that they wanted me to get up was when I had to go to the bathroom and I remember getting to the bathroom and walking back to the bathroom or walking back from the bathroom and I remember just looking at a chair thinking I just got to get to this chair and the next thing I know I wake up and I am on the floor with three nurses over the top of me and um one of the they had put a belt around my chest so i guess the nurse when i passed out lowered me to the floor so i didn't hit my head or anything but um it was really scary and so um that night that happened two other times and or so a total of three times but it was one of those things that like every time i got up my the blood would just rush out of my body and i i couldn't stay up for very long so they did end up drawing blood and um, your hemoglobin is supposed to be, you know, between 12, 13. And mine was at an 8. And if it goes any lower than an 8, you're, that's when they recommend a blood transfusion. So once they figured that whole thing out, um, started getting me on more iron and everything like that. By Tuesday afternoon, I was feeling a lot better. I was actually able to do some stuff with physical therapy um but even with physical therapy um like I said there's so much that I didn't anticipate or I didn't realize would happen kind of just thought I'd have a new hip and I'd be like up and they'd have me walk in and it would be great but um like even for my hip replacement um they put in a nerve block and I didn't realize this till one of the doctors that I train um, came in to see how I was doing, um, Wednesday. And I told her how teary I was because, um, when physical therapy came in, they want you to do all these exercises and stuff. And when it came to more of like a quad dominant exercise, I couldn't lift my leg. And all of a sudden, you know, when you're somebody who's active and you're a trainer and you do all this physical stuff, um, you're, uh, your leg doesn't move and you're like, it's weird when you're telling, you're like, you're literally telling your brain, your brain to move your leg and it's not moving. It's just like all of a sudden I just started bawling and the poor physical therapy assistant was probably like, this lady is so crazy. But I was, you know, she's like, go ahead and let's do this exercise. And you know, you're supposed to be sitting over the edge of the bed and lifting your leg for a leg extension and my leg wouldn't move and she's like here I'll help you I'll get you started and I just started bawling I'm supposed to move my leg by myself why won't my leg work and it was looking back at it it's kind of funny but at in the moment I was I literally thought my leg was never going to move again and I was very teary and very upset walking it was you know you take for granted walking every single day that's why you know when I have clients that I work with it's like I have gotten to the point in my life where I'm like never take movement for granted never take the ability to walk up a set of stairs like I have never taken realized that I've taken my movement for granted until you can't do what you want to do and that's one of the lessons that I've learned through all of this is, you know, just small things like, um, putting your pants on, like the first, first day that I, you know, I came back from my parents' house and I was out at my house by myself, um, that morning I was like, okay, I'm going to go to work today. And I just remember thinking if I can get my pants on today, it's going to be a good day. Like I thought to myself, I may have to text my client and tell her I'm not going to be able to train her because I can't put my pants on. So something so simple, but yeah, it's when you've had a hip replacement, it's stuff you can't do. You cannot put your socks on, your socks on. You can't put your shoes on and bend over and, um, you know, tie your shoes. I don't know how many times I've asked people to tie my shoes or help me with a sock or um, whatever or even getting in a vehicle and... Needing to scoot the seat all the way back so that you can get your leg in, um, just just small things that you do every single day that you take for granted, and so with um, with this whole hip replacement, you know, I left the hospital, and I did. I felt really. I guess I felt really good felt really confident and I will say that like bless both of my parents they allowed me to go home and stay with them for the two weeks um there in Beloit and I will just say like huge thank you to both of them because I was I was so stinking helpless like you know needing to shower and I I say this every day like I don't know how elderly folks have surgery and if they don't have anybody to help them or care for them like my heart goes out to that to those types of people who you know have no help or whatever because it's hard it's very hard I you know my mom made me breakfast every day and that was a huge blessing and just having um parents to take my dog and take care of him because simple things like I Can't reach down and uh, feed my dog because his dog bowl's on the floor, or um, replace his water, or take him for a walk, or anything like that. So, you know, small things. You know, something as small as okay, no bending. uh, You know, past ninety. That's a really big deal when you start to think about it. When it comes to getting dressed, when it comes to sitting down on the toilet, um, when it comes to getting in and out of the shower, and. You know, occupational therapy came in and met with me when I was at the hospital and they told me, you know, like this is like, I remember going to this room and she's like, okay, we're going to practice getting in and out of the shower. And I'm thinking, I never thought I needed to practice something like this before, but it was something that was needed because... When I did get to my parents' house, my mom's like, okay, can how are you going to get in here? And I'm like, oh, don't worry about it. This is how the occupational therapist showed me how to get in the shower. Boom, I was able to get in the shower. Boom, I was able to get out. But I needed my mom's help to... Put lotion on my legs so I didn't have alligator ankles. Um, like that is one of the things that drives me crazy. Is is I put lotion on my legs every single day, and to only be able to put lotion on until you get to about your kneecap. Like I hate that. And so there's there's just things that you that you and I do, or that you do every single day that I now have realized that I have taken it for granted. You know, I couldn't drive for a while. Um, had to ask people to take me places or to go get me something or even just, hey, can I ride along because I have to get out of this house? Um, I I shed a lot of tears and it wasn't due to pain. Like, yeah, when I first woke up from surgery, I was in pain. But a lot of my tears came from just frustration of I am so independent that asking for help was so hard. And asking somebody to pick up something for me, asking somebody to go grab something for me, like that, for me, that's very hard. And I am thankful for, you know, my mom who, when she'd see me attempt to do something, oh, stop, I'll get that or, you know, whatever. But at the same time, that would cause me to be emotional because it's like, well, dang, I should be able to do this. I I shouldn't have to need help. You know, so I will say that's one of the biggest lessons I've, I've had to learn through this, this first hip replacement is, is I've had to ask for help and I've had to be very humble in this whole process. Um, the third week, um, after surgery, um, I was, I guess you would say lonely and I don't even know if it, the word is lonely, but you know, you go home to a house And, you know, my dog stayed with my parents because I can't take care of him. And I have, you know, just an empty house. And you sit there and you're like, all right, so I can't go do anything. I, you know, I did start working out into week three. And that was just crutching along and doing machines that I could sit down on and do. Um... I couldn't, you know. There's no lower body training whatsoever. The lower body training that I had to do was my physical therapy exercises, and that sure doesn't take like, super long by any means. But you know that that third weekend that I w- my that I was down here, my mom came down, and you know I remember being at Walmart and just asking her if she was gonna, you know take my dog with her and she's like yeah I, I you can't take care of him right now and just that reality of someone just saying you can't do this right now like I'm at Walmart and I just start bawling like sobbing and I it's embarrassing to think about now but like I was sobbing and I walked out of, De- of Walmart crying. The lady who was checking us out was probably like, what is wrong with this check? Like, she's too emotional right now. And I get out in the car. My mom's putting stuff in the back of the vehicle. I get into the car and I just, I have this overwhelming feeling of, oh my gosh, my life, like, this is never going to end. And I have to do this all over again in about seven, eight weeks. And so it was a very overwhelming feeling of having to do this all over again. Because if you've had one hip replacement, um, you know, you you heal up. You start doing your therapy and you get back to your life. But for me, my hips are so off balance. My one leg is a half inch longer than the other. Um, The more I've been walking, the more I've been exercising, my lower back is on fire because my hips are so off balance and I you know I walk with a limp and it's my other leg that's killing or my other hip that's killing me now. So there's there's so much that was I guess you would say that was overwhelming to me when it came to this hip replacement that one I was overly confident thinking, well I'm not going to need help. It's not going to I'm young. I'm going to bounce back. I'm not going to have I'm not going to need as much help as an older person and that was not true at all and so um that was that was very hard for me to have to ask for help and very hard for me to realize like okay like one is done and another one is in you know x amount of weeks and so now I'm sitting at basically two weeks from having my left left hip replacement done um, I was I was informed that originally he likes to you know the doctor wants to do him about three or four months apart, but um, with my hip being so out of whack and imbalanced, he's like, I think if you can really get after your physical therapy, get to walking you um, stay healthy and everything like that I think you can be ready in eight weeks and to me and with insurance it was like okay deal like I have to do this and um I have to be ready and so I've taken I've taken that very seriously in the fact of you know I've been cautious with what I've done and not tried to overdo it at all Um because things like stretching like I'm not even supposed to be stretching like no no yoga no none of that type of stuff and so I won't be able to fully start rehabbing until after this next hip surgery and um now I've kind of gotten to the point where I'm just ready for it to be um done and over with so that I can get to healing get to focus on you know strengthening strengthening my body overall and um we are doing it like right before Christmas and a lot of times I have so many clients um gone out of town visiting family or their families in town they can't come and trade um I just feel like that would probably be one of the best times because going into January that's when it's I guess you would call it it's kind of like harvest season for farmers it's harvest season for me that's when I see the most amount of clients a lot of the times is in January February March when the new year has begun people want to get ready for spring break or for summer or they got super unhealthy through the holidays and they're like I just need to get healthy again so um my goal is is to be able to be back into the gym in January training my clients and working with new people I have I you know, with the new people I have gotten so far, I have had to ask for a lot of grace because there's not a lot that I can demonstrate a uh, lower body for my clients. So when it comes to asking other trainers for help that I work with, I've had to do that too. So um, I would say overall the I'm you know three weeks after surgery I definitely thought I had made a mistake because I was like oh my gosh my leg's never gonna work I'm never gonna get my life back you know you kind of get into this pity party and that's where like the that first week that I returned back to work um I had a client that was supposed to be there and I was like she was like hey i like I, I think I have a little sniffle I, I think I'm gonna stay home I, I you know I don't want to get you sick or whatever and I just texted her back and I said listen I have got to get out of the house I have got to be at the tr- at the gym I got to be around positive people I got to be around encouraging people I just need you to come and train with me please and I I never do that. I never beg people to come and train. But for my own mental state and needing to get out of my own four walls at my house and get on a positive, like, you realize how important exercise, gym, friends, gym family, gym friends, how important that camaraderie is for your own mental health. And I've had that conversation with people a lot in just the last couple weeks is you know even when people have injuries and they you know there are times you have to rest and you need to sit out and you need to rest and do all that type of thing but there is that that borderline where if I sit at home any longer I'm gonna lose my mind and some of you will understand that where it's like all the props to people who love to you know work out at home and do all that like mad respect to you But I am somebody who I have to be around other people. And I am an introvert, but I have a lot of extrovert qualities that you would say. I I get recharged by being alone, but being alone too much can breed negativity. It can breed bad thoughts. It can can just breed so many um, negative things into your life. And so for me going to the gym and being around other people who say hey welcome back hey good to see you hey we missed you like I need I need to be around positive people and you just cannot um I just can't get over like how much that helped me to heal myself is being around other people who you know want to want to see you do better or, oh my gosh, you're walking or every time they see you, you, you know, look a little better or you're doing a little bit better, that type of thing. So, you know, if, if you're one of those people who love to work out and be by yourself and work out at home, mad props. I'm sure you have other things that you go and do where you get recharged by other people if you are a people person. But for me, um, I will never... i. I'll never under, you just can't ever underestimate how much, you know, surrounding yourself with other people that are positive and encouraging, um, how much that means to other people. Even, um, I've had some clients who have told me, you know, I had, you know, I hadn't been to class a couple of times, I had somebody send me a message and say, hey, missed you, I hope you're doing well, like, that type of stuff is what, you know, what we need in our lives of people reaching out to us um because honest to god I'm so thankful for the people who were able to reach out to me send me a message and say hey girl like hope you're doing well um you know do you need anything or whatever I mean not that I'm going to ask for a ton of help by any means cuz I'm not that person but just to have somebody you know when you're sitting at home healing and you literally there's nothing on tv during the daytime like I promise you if you are a working person trust me you are not missing out on anything staying home because it is boring um like just like wanting to do laundry you know there's there is um I am I'm not a stay-at-home person I'm telling y'all that like I have to be I have to be around people um I I I need to be around positive people. And I'm sure some of you guys can relate to that because if you're not around um, encouraging people, we all get down. So. I do want to thank everybody who has taken the time to reach out to encourage me, you know, send me messages or, you know, post on my social media or whatever you do, send me a face message or, you know, voice message or whatever. Like I truly have appreciated everybody who has taken the time to reach out because, you know, when it comes to mental health and not being able to work out, you know, I, I, Working out is my mental health, and when that gets taken away, you have to find other ways to cope, and one of my biggest things I I definitely have worked tried to work on through this process is being mindful of my eating, and so that is one thing that I wanted to touch on with this podcast is my eating, and um, I will say um, I have had a couple people who have reached out to me, and they're like, hey you look great you've done so well I'm just I want who did your surgery I need to have a surgery done I'm gonna I'm gonna call and make an appointment with that doctor or whatever and guys I am here to tell you that um, if you are somebody who has to have surgery the first thing I'm gonna tell you is, you need to be working out before your surgery. You need to be doing, even if it's meeting with a physical therapist to learn what exercises you should be doing before surgery, I highly recommend it. Whether it's a shoulder surgery, a knee surgery, hip surgery, back so, back surgery, whatever surgery you have to have, y'all. You, I highly encourage you to meet with a certified trainer who knows biomechanics and they're not going to hurt you worse. Um, Or meet with a physical therapist or maybe an occupational therapist or somebody who knows what they're doing in the world of movement, exercise, that type of thing. Because um, going into surgery, you guys are going to heal a hundred times better if you are a healthy individual. And that means. You know, whether it's riding the bike, going for a walk, doing band exercises or cable exercises or whatever exercises that you can do to get ready for surgery. Like don't go into surgery out of shape or don't go into surgery horribly out of shape. Try to do something going into that sur- uh, into that surgery. Um, yes, there's emergency surgeries that happen, but what I'm going to tell you guys is um my my healing so much of it is done is I literally worked out the day before I had surgery I had surgery on Monday I worked out on Sunday like I had I made sure that I did physical therapy exercises because I knew coming out of surgery I'm I was gonna have to return to those exercises and so um that is one thing that I would say is um the the doctor, yeah, that you wanna find a great doctor, but the doctor is like 40% of the equation because your healing is your responsibility. It is not your doctor's responsibility, and I'm sure that's probably gonna ruffle some feathers for me to say that. But your responsibility is to heal, like your your doctor literally, their job is to do the surgery, um, do it correctly, do it to their best ability and whatnot but your job is to go into surgery and be as healthy as you can come out of surgery and do your therapy don't just lounge and chill on the couch and do absolutely nothing if you're if your doctor or a physical therapist or occupational therapist or whoever gave you exercises to do or told you to get up and walk every 10 minutes do that um that's that's my plug for that is, you know, doctors can only do so much for you. But one thing that I will say is you got to do your part when it comes to your surgery. That's one thing that I will say I have benefited from is I knew going into surgery and coming out of surgery, I had my responsibility uh, to take care of. The other thing that I have been very diligent about is, yes, I am a macro counter. I know how many grams of protein, fast, and carbs I eat every single day, as well as I'm a huge uh, micronutrient person, which is vitamins and minerals and all that type of stuff. So I made sure that the foods that I was eating, that I, that I was feeding my body correctly. I didn't just... Um, you know, have surgery and just eat like crap, you know, go to Sonic or, you know, Dairy Queen or whatever. I, I made sure that I, you know, drank one to two protein shakes every single day so that I was getting at least, you know, 50 grams of protein in there. Or if the foods that I was eating didn't have a lot of protein in them, I tried to make sure that I got some protein shakes in so that I could reach my protein goal for the day. Um, I didn't sit around and eat bags of chips and crackers and everything like that I didn't sit around and drink my calories and juices or anything like that um I kept my water cup that I got at the hospital and I made sure that I drank my water every single day you know when you're taking um pain pain medicine anyways that you're supposed to be drinking water and so I made sure that I I did that um you know I I made a very um, conscious effort to make sure that I um, tracked what I was um, intaking. So, you know, when you're healing, yes, my body needs calories to heal or whatever, but I definitely don't need... a bunch of cinnamon rolls I mean that is my Achilles heel there is I love cinnamon rolls and I you know it's one of those things that you know having a treat here and there is is cool if, if you get that but um, I've been very diligent about making sure that you know I took my vitamins every single day um, I use the, the fat muscle Um, vitamins, I take the multivitamin, the omegas, the vitamin D, the joint health, um, you know, took all that type of stuff. Um, I take um, some juice plus gummies and I use that like you have to set yourself up on like on the forefront of healing your body. And I truly believe that's why my body has done so well is I was healthy going into the surgery. I've always, you know, for the last um, year and a half, I've taken my, my fat muscle, vitamins, mineral, you know, all, the, all those things matter to m- making you get your body to heal and all that type of thing. So um, like I said, if you guys are, if you have an injury or if you have to have surgery, like be conscious of making sure that you still are able to take your vitamins and that you eat uh, responsibly. Like just because you're not working out doesn't mean that you throw everything out the window. So um, be be aware of what you're eating, especially when you um, have had you know, an injury, or you can't be in the gym, or you can't be doing. You know, you're not able to do what you have been. So that is one of my plugs that I will say um, really, really matter when it comes to um, nutrition. Is like I said, your doctor can only do so much, but you know, your recovery and your healing is your responsibility. You cannot go back later and tell your doctor, "Well, well, you messed up," or whatever. Um, Like, you have to do your part in healing and making sure that, you know, if you need to go to physical therapy, you go to physical therapy. And if you know you're not going to do your physical therapy exercises or your occupational therapies, like, then you better schedule it. Or you need to meet with a trainer to schedule those appointments because if you know you're not responsible enough to do it on your own, schedule it with somebody who will keep you accountable and help you do that. So, Um, if you're somebody who's struggling with a injury right now and you, you can't do anything exercise wise, but you're out of control on your eating, reach out, whether that's me, your coach, whoever reach out and say, Hey, I'm struggling with my nutrition. How do I get back on point? Like start over, you know what I mean? So I will say, um, for you guys, that's, that's some advice that I have, um, with the holidays, I, I, didn't want this to be a super long podcast, but um, I will finish up with just saying um, a couple a couple things that leading into the holiday with um, Christmas and Christmas Eve and New Year's. Um, one thing that I have done with clients is when it comes to this time of year, um, one of the things that somebody had um, written to me is, um, could you talk about holidays and gaining weight and Um, like what advice do you have during this time and not gaining weight or whatever? And, um, that this is a conversation that I have with clients every year who are willing to have that conversation is I say, okay, we got to, what kind of person are you? Are you out of control when it comes to the holidays? Are you a person who is emotionally eating during the holidays? Are you somebody who... Loses their crap during the holidays. If you are, you need to have a game plan going into the holidays. Um, you know, there's there are coaches and trainers out there who will say, it's one day, you're not going to gain fat in one day. You're not, you know, it's it's not going to happen. Like, just just enjoy the day. Okay, I completely agree with that. But if you're Allison five six, seven, eight, ten years ago, one day of eating off track causes me to lose my crap. So that is why I have this conversation with clients. is, like I said, going into Thanksgiving with my clients, I said, okay, do you want to stay on plan? Do you do you want to take the day as a treat day? Do you feel like you are responsible enough to enjoy Thanksgiving, have it, and get back right on track on Friday? If they say yeah, like I'm not emotionally triggered by food or anything like that, that don't worry about it. I can get right back on track on Friday. I said, cool, enjoy Thanksgiving, have a good time with your family, get moving. You know, one day is not going to hurt you. However, if you are like Allison, that's me, where you lose your crap, where it turns into Christmas Eve, I ate like crap, christmas day i ate like crap well i gotta finish all this food off the next day and then uh now it's the weekend well oh i'm just gonna go ahead and i'll I'll start monday well then monday comes well the new year's coming so i'll just start you know january 1st well no we're gonna have something going on january 1st so i'll i'll start the second week of january and we just lost three weeks. You know what I mean? So then now getting started again is like the most horrific thing ever is starting over. So if you're a person who loses their crap when it comes to one day of eating where it you spiral out of control from one day of eating... Don't do it. Don't put yourself in that in that position. Say, "Okay, these are my macros for the day. I'm going to allow myself one piece of pie or, you know, whatever your thing is is that you love." If you cannot have that pie or if you if you can't have that pie and then get right back on track, don't have the pie. If the pie causes you to spiral out of control, don't have the pie. Like that's my advice. That's what I've had to do myself is in the past that I won't even lie cinnamon rolls are like I said my thing. So several years ago I just I just ate egg bake. You know we always had cinnamon rolls and egg bake at Christmas. So I stayed away from eating the cinnamon rolls. We just I would eat the egg bake because I You know, having a cinnamon roll turns into two cinnamon rolls, turns into four cinnamon rolls, turns into I'll just finish the pan. And some of you can relate to that because I know it's that way with either cheesecake or whatever, but I'm not saying everybody is like that. There are some people who can enjoy a treat day and have a great time with family, have some drinks, have some cookies and pie and potatoes and all the stuffing and, you know, whatever, get your belly full and then get right back on track the next day. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you are somebody who loses your crap and you can't handle having some pie or you can't handle having some cookies or ice cream or whatever don't have it because it you will spiral out of control and I've been there where then the next thing you know it's been a year and you say oh I'll just start January 2nd you know and that that is that is the reality so when it comes to holiday eating I guess my best advice is is self-analyze. Ask yourself, am I an emotional eater? Am I triggered by anything? Am I somebody who can't control myself and get right back on track the next day? If you can't, I would definitely recommend you to log your food. And the reason why I say that is because we eat anywhere from 20 to 40% more food if we don't log. And that is where I tell people is is if you can't control it, if you are forced to log it, you see what you're actually doing. And that is where it, it keeps you like I could tell you you need to slow down or your husband could t- say hey, uh are you supposed to be eating that and you want to strangle that person. Like nobody wants to be called out on the holidays. Like don't be that person. But self-check yourself, you know. Ask yourself if, are you in control? If you're not in control, let's set up some boundaries. And that's the only, that's that's my advice. And maybe that's right or wrong or whatever. But if you're a binge eater and you've been there with me and you get what I'm talking about, um, I have to be regimented. I have to, I have to tell myself, okay, you know, Allison, when you get to Thanksgiving, you're going to put a bunch of turkey on your plate. You're going to have a bunch of green beans. You're going to have, you know, choose stuffing or choose mashed potatoes. And then you can have some pie or whatever. Like you are the one who has to put some guidelines up for yourself. And if you can't set those, Maybe logging on a holiday is something that you need to do because if it causes you to lose your crap, that's one of the best things you can do because nobody wants to be starting over, starting over, starting over because then the next thing you know, it's going to be a year's passed by, two years have passed by, 10 years have passed by, and you've gained 80 pounds. Like, y'all, I've been there. I get it. So when it comes to these holidays, Sit down, write some goals out like, okay, I know I'm going to eat like crap for the next five days. I'm going to make sure that I at least work out every single day of those days. Or, you know, I I know I'm going to eat a hefty lunch. You know what, maybe I'm just gonna start breakfast with a good protein shake and make sure I get a good amount of protein in. So if you guys struggle with that, I know my clients, we've had this conversation. You know if you're triggered, you know if you're a spiral if you spiral out of control, you know if you're a binge eater, you know you're if you're an emotional eater. That's one of the things I ask people on the questionnaire, like, what kind of person are you? Are you emotionally attached to food? And if you are, holidays a lot of times trigger Um, these spirals out of, you know, these spiraling out of control type of things. Um, I feel like for me, I'm, you know, it's 10 years now since I've, you know, lost a good portion of my weight. I have had, you know, everybody, it it doesn't happen overnight, guys. It does not happen overnight. I have to practice self-discipline every single day. I have to log I have to and that is a reality that I have come to with my with myself some people you know I used to get mad and say Ugh, I just want to be I just want to be a skinny person I just don't want to have to log I I'm punished I have to punish myself because I'm a fat person because I have to log my food and I get so angry I know some of y'all are out there and you can relate to me because I had the I had these conversations just this week with three individuals where you just get so mad at yourself and you're like, why do I have to, why can't I just be skinny? Why, why do I have to watch what I eat? Why do I always have to think about it? Because Allison, like myself, is a food addict. If I, if I was left up to my own devices, I would eat nothing but carbs and breads and potatoes and anything with gravy on it and biscuits. Like, No, like protein is not my go-to if I was left to my own devices. I would eat lots of carbs and lots of fats and no protein and no vegetables. So when it comes to the holidays, you sit down, write out your goals. Tell yourself, okay, I am going to enjoy some pie on Christmas, but I am also going to go do a two-mile walk or a three-mile walk. Or I'm going to, my family's going to get out and we're going to do some DVD workout tape or whatever like y'all have to know yourself and take an honest self like put a mirror in front of yourself and say okay I need to self-check what you know where am I what does the holidays cause me to do am I somebody who just like uh you know if I can't if I can't be perfect at at this I'm just gonna start um in February because we got holiday parties in January too you know so my best advice for you guys is to self-check and analyze where you are. And if you need help, um, like I said, I'm I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Twitter. Um, you can email me, you know, I, I can work with you guys, help coach you, get you where you need to be, but you also have to remember to give yourself grace and, you know, screw-ups happen. I, I've been there where... All of a sudden, you're at the bottom of the ice cream thing and you're like, well, I only meant to eat about four, you know, like four tablespoons and you just ate the whole box of, or tub of ice cream. Like, I've been there when I, I, I tell you guys that. So, you know, see where you are, you know, have a, have yourself, you know, maybe ask somebody for help or somebody to be your accountability par- partner or a, you know, I had some clients say, "You know what? I lose my crap during the holidays. I am going to send you my log for accountability every single day." Um, that that's your call. So know what know what is what is right for you. Don't do what everybody else is doing. Know what's right for you. If you know, I if you're a keto client and you are on keto, maybe one of the best things you can do is just stay keto and have some, make some keto treats. I don't know. But like I said, if you're my client, reach out, let's brainstorm, let's help you get to where you need to be for the holidays. So we can set you up for success when it comes to, um, you know, hitting, you know, January strong. So, um, I do hope to, um, be able to do one more podcast before my next surgery. Um, but I, Thank, thank you guys again for just supporting me and listening to me um, so many of you have um, also supported me with the fat muscle products um, you guys are rock stars and I truly appreciate every single one of you who are, who are you know supporters fans clients whoever you are like um, like I relate to so many of you and I, I truly appreciate everybody reaching out um, wherever you are in your journey. Um, I just want to encourage you to keep striving to be a better version of yourself, whether that's 1% or 2% better every single day. Like, we're all here. We're all family. We're all trying to be better, better individuals. And so, um, I hope you guys have a awesome week. And, um, if I don't release another podcast till after this, um, I will definitely update everybody on my Instagram and Facebook about how, my um surgery is going so um wish you guys all a very merry christmas and happy december and um yeah i guess cheers to 2022 um if i don't get back on here by then so have a great week guys have a good one hello everybody and happy december I definitely have wanted to come on to my podcast and give everybody a life update, but it definitely seemed like after having surgery, everything was pretty chaotic, getting back to work and getting back to clients, and then Thanksgiving came, and now it's Christmas time. So... Um, I just wanted to first reach out to you guys and just say thank you for the listens. Um, Some people have seen, like, the Spotify list and everything that has come out, and people are sharing, like, how much music they listen to and everything like that, but um, those of you who do listen to my podcast on Spotify, um, huge thank you. Um, I got, I mean, I have... Um, listeners from the United States and actually I got some stats and I have listeners from the UK which is crazy that I have listeners into in the UK but that's pretty cool huge thank you to both my United States listeners and the UK. Um, I have people um, the stats were showing that um, you guys listen to my podcast mainly between the hours of 11 a.m and 5 p.m. So I'm assuming that y'all are not listening to me at work, or maybe if you are listening to me at work, you are allowed to listen to me at work and you're not getting in trouble for listening to me at work. So um, I just wanted to tell you all thank you for uh, just supporting me. Um, It means a whole lot. Um, So many of you guys just take the time to listen and even give me your feedback, I've had people reach out with emails and stuff like that and it's just really cool to hear from everybody who takes time to listen to these podcasts. So um, I will go ahead and get into <clears throat> a little bit. I want to talk about just an update on where I am because I believe the last time um, I shared my podcast I kind of gave a little bit of a blip it of why I was having hip replacement and um, I am actually one hip replacement down. Um, had the right one done. And I have the left one that I am having done in two weeks, which it will be December 17th. So the weekend right before Christmas. And uh, to be honest, um, I literally feel like I'm in limbo just kind of like waiting for the surgery to happen. Um, I can't do a whole lot of rehabbing right now just because I still have a lot of um just stipulations on what i can and cannot do since having my right hip replaced so i figured i would go ahead and give you guys an update on where i am with my hip replacement and um i've had a lot of people ask me questions and a lot of people don't understand or whatever. But for those of you who um, are maybe just catching this episode and wondering what the heck happened or whatever, um, just a refresher that when I was younger, um, I had slipped epithesis, which it's a whole long story. You can look it up. It's basically like my growth plates. They don't work. They don't do what they're supposed to do, all that type of stuff. Um, I'm not going to go into scientific terms because nobody ever seems to understand what I what I tell them. So look up slipped epithesis or Google it, whatever you want to do. Um, It's basically like hip dysplasia. They had to go in and put screws into my hips, my right hip when I was in fifth grade and eighth grade, we did my left hip. So all of this time through my weight loss journey, yes, I've had screws in my hips. And so yeah, I mean, I was overweight for all that time as well as I ran over five half marathons and several numerous to count 5Ks and 10Ks in between all of those races I had done. Um, My goal was definitely to try and get to 10 half marathons, but... Um, when I got to my eighth one that never really happened because of my hips hurting so bad so yes I had hardware in my hips when I was running and so that's something that a lot of people don't understand is I was running on a great amount of pain that I never even realized I was running on and it's over time in the last year and a half it's just gotten so much worse and that's why I did go to the doctor so to update everybody I did have my hip replaced my right hip replaced um back in October it was October 18th and what they did is they went in and removed the screws that were already in my hips and they lengthened me out a half inch and then took my quadricep muscle and And pulled it up and reattached it. So um, people who um, have just a regular hip replacement. This is a little bit different. Because yes I'm having a total hip replacement. But they have to first remove the hardware beforehand. So that's kind of. What happened there um to be honest everybody asked me how is it going or how did it go and I'm doing so much better now for my right side but I will not lie to anybody like I hated every bit of it one because I just don't do well sitting around but two um the first like I guess everybody who has had surgery must have forgotten about how much like pain they were in after surgery and I really like to think of myself as being like a huge I have a a huge pain tolerance and so I would say that I had all these people have had, you know, surgeries, shoulder surgery, knee surgeries, hip surgeries, all these surgeries. And everybody's like, oh, my gosh, you'll be so glad that you did it. You'll wake up a brand new person. You'll, you know, you'll feel amazing. Da da, 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 da. And I honestly thought I was going to wake up and I'd be like, Ta-da, I feel amazing. And to be honest, I woke up bawling, like crying um, I don't ever remember being in this much of pain ever before, um, but I literally felt like I had been hit by a truck, and I don't know what that feels like, but I'm gonna say it's pretty similar, so I just, I was not expecting to have that much pain, and yes, um, yeah, they did, I had pain medicine and everything like that, but I am not a, a med- like, a huge medicine person, like, I don't do well with I guess you'd call them narcotics. I like I remember having surgery in the past. I can't do, do any type of like hydro like codeine type of stuff. So um, we did Norco, and the first uh, first twenty four hours after my surgery and doing two painkillers, that just made me so sick. And so by the second day, we ended up dropping me down to one um, pain med every four to six hours, which helped a lot. But I definitely felt, I felt like crap and um, I will not candy coat that because um, I I think I would have done, I had a conversation with somebody yesterday and I honestly think I would have done better with surgery if somebody would have said, listen, the first three weeks are rough. Like your first two weeks where, you know, I thought it was ridiculous when the doctor told me, you know, the first two weeks. Like after surgery, you have to be completely off from work. And I thought, that's ridiculous. Like two weeks, there's no way I'm going to need that much time off. And I definitely needed the two weeks. I definitely could have taken three, but I had to get back to work. And that's kind of the the thing with a job that I have is if I don't meet with a client, I don't get paid. And so um when it's time to rest it's like okay at what point in time do you have to suck it up and get back to work so i did <clears throat> return back to work about it was like 14 days after my surgery and it started out real slow and it started out with a lot of tears um you know i transitioned from being in the hospital and you know when i was in the hospital it was rough in the beginning because i I do fall borderline anemic and never really thought about that, but you do lose a lot of blood in a hip replacement. And so, um, I kept trying, they kept trying to get me up to walk, which when you get out of a hip replacement, there's no resting. It's like, you got to get up, you got to use it, that type of thing. And so, um, first time I tried to get up, I just got nauseous and sick and all my blood just rushed down, down out of my head. Um, I had to sit down and um, then the next time that they wanted me to get up was when I had to go to the bathroom and I remember getting to the bathroom and walking back to the bathroom or walking back from the bathroom and I remember just looking at a chair thinking I just got to get to this chair and the next thing I know I wake up and I am on the floor with three nurses over the top of me. And, um, one of the, they had put a belt around my chest. So I guess the nurse, when I passed out, lowered me to the floor. So I didn't hit my head or anything, but, um, it was really scary. And so, um, that night that happened two other times and, or so a total of three times, but it was one of those things that like, every time I got up, my, the blood would just rush out of my body and I, I couldn't stay up for very long. So they did end up drawing blood and um, your hemoglobin is supposed to be, you know, between 12, 13. And mine was at an 8. And if it goes any lower than an 8, you're, that's when they recommend a blood transfusion. So once they figured that whole thing out, um, started getting me on more iron and everything like that. By Tuesday afternoon, I was feeling a lot better. I was actually able to do some stuff with physical therapy. Um, but even with physical therapy, um, like I said, there's so much that I didn't anticipate or I didn't realize would happen. Kind of just thought I'd have a new hip and I'd be like up and they'd have me walk in and it would be great. But, um, like even for my hip replacement, um, they put in a nerve block and I didn't realize this till one of the doctors that I trained um, came in to see how I was doing, um, Wednesday. And I told her how teary I was because, um, when physical therapy came in, they want you to do all these exercises and stuff. And when it came to more of like a quad dominant exercise, I couldn't lift my leg. And all of a sudden, you know, when you're somebody who's active and you're a trainer and you do all this physical stuff, um your uh your leg doesn't move and you're like it's weird when you're telling you're like you're literally telling your brain your brain to move your leg and it's not moving it's just like all of a sudden I just started bawling and the poor physical therapy assistant was probably like this lady is so crazy but I was, you know, she's like, go ahead and let's do this exercise. And, you know, you're supposed to be sitting over the edge of the bed and lifting your leg for a leg extension. And my leg wouldn't move. And she's like, here, I'll help you. I'll get you started. And I just started bawling. I'm supposed to move my leg by myself. Why won't my leg work? And it would, looking back at it, it's kind of funny. But at in the moment, I was, I literally thought, my leg was never going to move again and I was very teary and very upset walking it was you know you take for granted walking every single day that's why you know when I have clients that I work with it's like I have gotten to the point in my life where I'm like never take movement for granted never take the ability to walk up the, a set of stairs like I have never taken realize that I've taken my movement for granted until you can't do what you want to do and that's one of the lessons that I've learned through all of this is you know just small things like um, putting your pants on like the first first day that I you know I came back from my parents house and I was out at my house by myself um, that morning I was like okay I'm gonna go to work today and I just remember thinking, if I can get my pants on today, it's going to be a good day. Like I thought to myself, I may have to text my client and tell her I'm not going to be able to train her because I can't put my pants on. So p- something so simple, but yeah, it's when you've had a hip replacement, it's stuff you can't do. You cannot put your socks on, your socks on. You can't put your shoes on and bend over and... Um, you know, tie your shoes. I don't know how many times I've asked people to tie my shoes or help me with a sock or, um, whatever, or even getting in a vehicle and needing to scoot the seat all the way back so that you can get your leg in. Um, just, just small things that you do every single day that you take for granted. And so with, um, with this whole hip replacement, you know, I left the hospital. And I did, I felt really, I guess I felt really good, felt really confident. And I will say that, like, bless both of my parents. They allowed me to go home and stay with them for the two weeks um, there in Beloit. And I will just say, like, huge thank you to both of them because I was, I was so stinking helpless, like, you know, needing to shower and I I say this every day like I don't know how elderly folks have surgery and if they don't have anybody to help them or care for them like my heart goes out to that to those types of people who you know have no help or whatever because it's hard it's very hard I you know my mom made me breakfast every day and that was a huge blessing and just having um, parents to take my dog and take care of him because Simple things like I can't reach down and uh, feed my dog because his dog bowl's on the floor, or um, replace his water, or take him for a walk, or anything like that. So, you know, small things, you know, something as small as, okay, no bending, uh, you know, past 90, um, that's a really big deal when you start to think about it when it comes to getting dressed, when it comes to sitting down on the toilet, um, when it comes to getting in and out of the shower. And, you know, occupational therapy came in and met with me when I was at the hospital, and they told me, you know, like, this is, like, I remember going to this room, and she's like, okay, we're gonna practice getting in and out of the shower, and I'm thinking, I had never thought I needed to practice something like this before, but it was something that was needed, because, when I did get to my parents' house, my mom's like, okay, can, how are you going to get in here? And I'm like, oh, don't worry about it. This is how the occupational therapist showed me how to get in the shower. Boom, I was able to get in the shower. Boom, I was able to get out. But I needed my mom's help to... Put lotion on my legs so I didn't have alligator ankles. Um, like that is one of the things that drives me crazy. Is is I put lotion on my legs every single day, and to only be able to put lotion on until you get to about your kneecap. Like I hate that. And so there's there's just things that you that you and I do, or that you do every single day that I now have realized that I have taken it for granted. You know, I couldn't drive for a while. Um, had to ask people to take me places or to go get me something or even just, hey, can I ride along because I have to get out of this house? Um, I I shed a lot of tears and it wasn't due to pain. Like, yeah, when I first woke up from surgery, I was in pain. But a lot of my tears came from just frustration of I am so independent that asking for help was so hard and asking somebody to pick up something for me asking somebody to go grab something for me like that for me that's very hard and I am thankful for you know my mom who when she'd see me attempt to do something oh stop I'll get that or you know whatever but at the same time that would cause me to be emotional because it's like well dang I should be able to do this I I shouldn't have to need help, you know. So I will say that's one of the biggest lessons I've I've had to learn through this this first hip replacement is is I've had to ask for help and I've had to be very humble in this whole process. Um the 3rd week um after surgery, um I was I guess you would say lonely and I don't even know if it, the word is lonely, but you know, you go home to a house And, you know, my dog stayed with my parents because I can't take care of him. And I have, you know, just an empty house. And you sit there and you're like, all right, so I can't go do anything. I, you know, I did start working out into week three. And that was just crutching along and doing machines that I could sit down on and do. Um... I couldn't, you know. There's no lower body training whatsoever. The lower body training that I had to do was my physical therapy exercises, and that sure doesn't take like, super long by any means. But you know that that third weekend that I w- my that I was down here, my mom came down, and you know I remember being at Walmart and just asking her if she was gonna, you know take my dog with her and she's like yeah I, I you can't take care of him right now and just that reality of someone just saying you can't do this right now like I'm at Walmart and I just start bawling like sobbing and I it's embarrassing to think about now but like I was sobbing and I walked out of, De- of Walmart crying. The lady who was checking us out was probably like, what is wrong with this check? Like, she's too emotional right now. And I get out in the car. My mom's putting stuff in the back of the vehicle. I get into the car and I just, I have this overwhelming feeling of, oh my gosh, my life, like, this is never going to end. And I have to do this all over again in about seven, eight weeks. And so it was a very overwhelming feeling of having to do this all over again. Because if you've had one hip replacement, um, you know, you, you heal up. You start doing your therapy and you get back to your life. But for me, my hips are so off balance. My one leg is a half inch longer than the other. Um, the more I've been walking, the more I've been exercising, my lower back is on fire because my hips are so off balance and i you know i walk with a limp and it's my other leg that's killing or my other hip that's killing me now so there's there's so much that was i guess you would say that was overwhelming to me when it came to this hip replacement that one i was overly confident thinking well i'm not going to need help it's not going to i'm young i'm going to bounce back i'm not going to have I'm not going to need as much help as an older person and that was not true at all and so um that was that was very hard for me to have to ask for help and very hard for me to realize like okay like one is done and another one is in you know x amount of weeks and so now I'm sitting at basically two weeks from having my left left hip replacement done um, I was I was informed that originally he likes to you know the doctor wants to do him about three or four months apart, but um, with my hip being so out of whack and imbalanced, he's like, I think if you can really get after your physical therapy, get to walking you um, stay healthy and everything like that I think you can be ready in eight weeks and to me and with insurance it was like okay deal like I have to do this and um I have to be ready and so I've taken I've taken that very seriously in the fact of you know I've been cautious with what I've done and not tried to overdo it at all Um because things like stretching like I'm not even supposed to be stretching like no no yoga no none of that type of stuff and so I won't be able to fully start rehabbing until after this next hip surgery and um now I've kind of gotten to the point where I'm just ready for it to be um done and over with so that I can get to healing get to focus on you know strengthening strengthening my body overall and um we are doing it like right before Christmas and a lot of times I have so many clients um gone out of town visiting family or their families in town they can't come and trade um I just feel like that would probably be one of the best times because going into January that's when it's I guess you would call it it's kind of like harvest season for farmers it's harvest season for me that's when I see the most amount of clients a lot of the times is in January February March when the new year has begun people want to get ready for spring break or for summer or they got super unhealthy through the holidays and they're like I just need to get healthy again so um my goal is is to be able to be back into the gym in January training my clients and working with new people I have I you know, with the new people I have gotten so far, I have had to ask for a lot of grace because there's not a lot that I can demonstrate a uh, lower body for my clients. So when it comes to asking other trainers for help that I work with, I've had to do that too. So um, I would say overall the I'm you know three weeks after surgery I definitely thought I had made a mistake because I was like oh my gosh my leg's never gonna work I'm never gonna get my life back you know you kind of get into this pity party and that's where like the that first week that I returned back to work um I had a client that was supposed to be there and I was like she was like hey I'm, like I, I think I have a little sniffle I, I think I'm gonna stay home I, I you know I don't want to get you sick or whatever and I just texted her back and I said listen I have got to get out of the house I have got to be at the tr- at the gym I got to be around positive people I got to be around encouraging people I just need you to come and train with me please and I I never do that. I never beg people to come and train. But for my own mental state and needing to get out of my own four walls at my house and get on a positive, like, you realize how important exercise, gym, friends, gym family, gym friends, how important that camaraderie is for your own mental health. And I've had that conversation with people a lot in just the last couple weeks is you know even when people have injuries and they you know there are times you have to rest and you need to sit out and you need to rest and do all that type of thing but there is that that borderline where if I sit at home any longer I'm gonna lose my mind and some of you will understand that where it's like all the props to people who love to you know work out at home and do all that like mad respect to you But I am somebody who I have to be around other people. And I am an introvert, but I have a lot of extrovert qualities that you would say. I I get recharged by being alone, but being alone too much can breed negativity. It can breed bad thoughts. It can can just breed so many um, negative things into your life. And so for me going to the gym and being around other people who say hey welcome back hey good to see you hey we missed you like I need I need to be around positive people and you just cannot um I just can't get over like how much that helped me to heal myself is being around other people who you know want to want to see you do better or, oh my gosh, you're walking or every time they see you, you, you know, look a little better or you're doing a little bit better, that type of thing. So, you know, if, if you're one of those people who love to work out and be by yourself and work out at home, mad props. I'm sure you have other things that you go and do where you get recharged by other people if you are a people person. But for me, um, I will never... I. I'll never under, you just can't ever underestimate how much, you know, surrounding yourself with other people that are positive and encouraging, um, how much that means to other people. Even, um, I've had some clients who have told me, you know, I had, you know, I hadn't been to class a couple of times, I had somebody send me a message and say, hey, missed you, I hope you're doing well, like, that type of stuff is what, you know, what we need in our lives of people reaching out to us um because honest to god I'm so thankful for the people who were able to reach out to me send me a message and say hey girl like hope you're doing well um you know do you need anything or whatever I mean not that I'm going to ask for a ton of help by any means cuz I'm not that person but just to have somebody you know when you're sitting at home healing and you literally there's nothing on tv during the daytime like I promise you if you are a working person trust me you are not missing out on anything staying home because it is boring um like just like wanting to do laundry you know there's there is um I am I'm not a stay-at-home person I'm telling y'all that like I have to be I have to be around people um I I I need to be around positive people. And I'm sure some of you guys can relate to that because if you're not around um, encouraging people, we all get down. So. I do want to thank everybody who has taken the time to reach out to encourage me, you know, send me messages or, you know, post on my social media or whatever you do, send me a face message or, you know, voice message or whatever. Like I truly have appreciated everybody who has taken the time to reach out because, you know, when it comes to mental health and not being able to work out, you know, I, I, Working out is my mental health, and when that gets taken away, you have to find other ways to cope, and one of my biggest things I I definitely have worked tried to work on through this process is being mindful of my eating, and so that is one thing that I wanted to touch on with this podcast is my eating, and um, I will say um, I have had a couple people who have reached out to me, and they're like hey you look great you've done so well I'm just I want who did your surgery I need to have a surgery done I'm gonna I'm gonna call and make an appointment with that doctor or whatever and guys I am here to tell you that um, if you are somebody who has to have surgery the first thing I'm gonna tell you is, you need to be working out before your surgery. You need to be doing, even if it's meeting with a physical therapist to learn what exercises you should be doing before surgery, I highly recommend it. Whether it's a shoulder surgery, a knee surgery, hip surgery, back so, back surgery, whatever surgery you have to have, y'all. You I highly encourage you to meet with a certified trainer who knows biomechanics and they're not gonna hurt you worse. Um, or meet with a physical therapist or maybe an occupational therapist or somebody who knows what they're doing in the world of movement, exercise, that type of thing. Because um going into surgery, you guys are gonna heal a hundred times better if you are a healthy individual. And that means you know, whether it's riding the bike, going for a walk, doing band exercises or cable exercises or whatever exercises that you can do to get ready for surgery, like don't go into surgery out of shape or don't go into surgery horribly out of shape. Try to do something going into that sur- uh, into that surgery. Um, yes, there's emergency surgeries that happen, but what I'm going to tell you guys is um my my healing so much of it is done is I literally worked out the day before I had surgery I had surgery on Monday I worked out on Sunday like I had I made sure that I did physical therapy exercises because I knew coming out of surgery I'm I was gonna have to return to those exercises and so um that is one thing that I would say is um the, the doctor, yeah, that you want to find a great doctor, but the doctor is like 40% of the equation because your healing is your responsibility. It is not your doctor's responsibility. And I'm sure that's probably going to ruffle some feathers for me to say that, but your responsibility is to heal. Like your, your doctor, literally their job is to do the surgery um, do it correctly do it to their best ability and whatnot but your job is to go into surgery and be as healthy as you can come out of surgery and do your therapy don't just lounge and chill on the couch and do absolutely nothing if you're if your doctor or a physical therapist or occupational therapist or whoever gave you exercises to do or told you to get up and walk every 10 minutes do that um that's, that's my plug for that is, you know, doctors can only do so much for you. But one thing that I will say is you got to do your part when it comes to your surgery. That's one thing that I will say I have benefited from is I knew going into surgery and coming out of surgery, I had my responsibility uh, to take care of. The other thing that I have been very diligent about is, yes, I am a macro counter. I know how many grams of protein, fast, and carbs I eat every single day, as well as I'm a huge uh, micronutrient person, which is vitamins and minerals and all that type of stuff. So I made sure that the foods that I was eating, that I, that I was feeding my body correctly. I didn't just... Um, you know, have surgery and just eat like crap, you know, go to Sonic or, you know, Dairy Queen or whatever. I, I made sure that I, you know, drank one to two protein shakes every single day so that I was getting at least, you know, 50 grams of protein in there. Or if the foods that I was eating didn't have a lot of protein in them, I tried to make sure that I got some protein shakes in so that I could reach my protein goal for the day. Um, I didn't sit around and eat Bags of chips and crackers and everything like that. I didn't sit around and drink my calories and juices or anything like that. Um, I kept my water cup that I got at the hospital. And I made sure that I drank my water every single day. You know, when you're taking um, pain pain medicine anyways, that you're supposed to be drinking water. And so I made sure that I, I did that. Um, you know, I... I made a very um, conscious effort to make sure that I um, tracked what I was um, intaking. So, you know, when you're healing, yes, my body needs calories to heal or whatever, but I definitely don't need um, a bunch of cinnamon rolls. I mean, that is my Achilles heel there is I love cinnamon rolls. And I, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, having a treat here and there is, is cool if, if you get that. But, um, I've been very diligent about making sure that, you know, I took my vitamins every single day. Um, I use, the the fat muscle, um, vitamins. I take the multivitamin, the omegas, the vitamin D, the joint health, um, you know, took all that type of stuff. Um, I take, um, some juice plus gummies and I use that like, you have to set yourself up on, like, on the forefront of healing your body, and I truly believe that's why my body has done so well. Is I was healthy going into the surgery. I've always, you know, for the last um, year and a half, I've taken my my fat muscle vitamins, mineral, you know, all the, all those things matter to m- making you get your body to heal and all that type of thing. So, um, like I said, if you guys are if you have an injury or if you have to have surgery, like be conscious of making sure that you still are able to take your vitamins and that you eat, uh, responsibly, like just because you're not working out doesn't mean that you throw everything out the window. So, um, be, be aware of what you're eating, especially when you, um, have had, you know, an injury, or you can't be in the gym, or you can't be doing. You know, you're not able to do what you have been. So that is one of my plugs that I will say um, really really matter when it comes to um, nutrition. Is like I said, your doctor can only do so much, but you know, your recovery and your healing is your responsibility. You cannot go back later and tell your doctor, "Well, well, you messed up or whatever." Um, you have to do your part in healing and making sure that, you know, if you need to go to physical therapy, you go to physical therapy. And if you know, you're not going to do your physical therapy exercises or your occupational therapies, like then you better schedule it. Or you need to meet with a trainer to schedule those appointments. Because if you know, you're not responsible enough to do it on your own, schedule it with somebody who will keep you accountable and help you do that so um if you're somebody who's struggling with an injury right now and you you can't do anything exercise wise but you're out of control on your eating reach out whether that's me your coach whoever reach out and say hey I'm struggling with my nutrition how do I get back on point like start over you know what I mean so I will say, um, for you guys, that's, that's some advice that I have, um, with the holidays. I, I didn't want this to be a super long podcast, but, um, I will finish up with just saying, um, a couple, a couple things leading into the holiday with, um, Christmas and Christmas Eve and New Year's, um. One thing that I have done with clients is when it comes to this time of year, um, one of the things that somebody had, um, written to me is, um, could you talk about holidays and gaining weight and, um, like what advice do you have during this time and not gaining weight or whatever? And, um, that this is a conversation that I have with clients every year who are willing to have that conversation is I say, Okay. We got to, what kind of person are you? Are you out of control when it comes to the holidays? <clears throat> are you a person who is emotionally eating during the holidays? Are you somebody who loses their crap during the holidays? If you are, you need to have a game plan going into the holidays. Um, You know, there's there are coaches and trainers out there who will say, it's one day. You're not gonna gain fat in one day. You're not, you know. It's it's not gonna happen. Like just just enjoy the day. Okay, I completely agree with that. But if you're Allison five six seven eight ten years ago, one day of eating off track causes me to lose my crap. So. That is why I have this conversation with clients is like I said, going into Thanksgiving with my clients, I said, okay, do you want to stay on plan? Do you, do you want to take the day as a treat day? Do you feel like you are responsible enough to enjoy Thanksgiving, have it and get back right on track on Friday? If they say, yeah like I'm not emotionally triggered by food or anything like that that don't worry about it I can get right back on track on Friday I said cool enjoy Thanksgiving have a good time with your family get moving you know one day is not gonna hurt you however if you are like Allison that's me where you lose your crap where it turns into Christmas Eve I ate like crap christmas day i ate like crap well i gotta finish all this food off the next day and then uh now it's the weekend well oh i'm just gonna go ahead and i'll I'll start monday well then monday comes well the new year's coming so i'll just start you know january 1st well no we're gonna have something going on january 1st so i'll i'll start the second week of january and we just lost three weeks, you know what I mean? So then now getting started again is like the most horrific thing ever is starting over. So if you're a person who loses their crap when it comes to one day of eating, where it you spiral out of control from one day of eating, don't do it. Don't put yourself in that in that position. Say, "Okay, these are my macros for the day. I'm going to allow myself one piece of pie or, you know, whatever your thing is is that you love." If you cannot have that pie or if you if you can't have that pie and then get right back on track, don't have the pie. If the pie causes you to spiral out of control, don't have the pie. Like that's my advice. That's what I've had to do myself is in the past that I won't even lie cinnamon rolls are like I said my thing. So several years ago I just I just ate egg bake. You know we always had cinnamon rolls and egg bake at Christmas. So I stayed away from eating the cinnamon rolls. We just I would eat the egg bake because I You know, having a cinnamon roll turns into two cinnamon rolls, turns into four cinnamon rolls, turns into I'll just finish the pan. And some of you can relate to that because I know it's that way with either cheesecake or whatever, but I'm not saying everybody is like that. There are some people who can enjoy a treat day and have a great time with family, have some drinks, have some cookies and pie and potatoes and all the stuffing and, you know, whatever, get your belly full and then get right back on track the next day. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you are somebody who loses your crap and you can't handle having some pie or you can't handle having some cookies or ice cream or whatever don't have it because it you will spiral out of control and I've been there where then the next thing you know it's been a year and you say oh I'll just start January 2nd you know and that that is that is the reality so when it comes to holiday eating I guess my best advice is is self-analyze. Ask yourself, am I an emotional eater? Am I triggered by anything? Am I somebody who can't control myself and get right back on track the next day? If you can't, I would definitely recommend you to log your food. And the reason why I say that is because we eat anywhere from 20 to 40% more food if we don't log. And that is where I tell people is is if you can't control it, if you are forced to log it, you see what you're actually doing. And that is where it, it keeps you like I could tell you you need to slow down or your husband could t- say hey, uh are you supposed to be eating that and you want to strangle that person. Like nobody wants to be called out on the holidays. Like don't be that person. But self-check yourself, you know. Ask yourself if, are you in control? If you're not in control, let's set up some boundaries. And that's the only, that's that's my advice. And maybe that's right or wrong or whatever. But if you're a binge eater and you've been there with me and you get what I'm talking about, um, I have to be regimented. I have to, I have to, tell myself, okay, you know, Allison, when you get to Thanksgiving, you're going to put a bunch of turkey on your plate. You're going to have a bunch of green beans. You're going to have, you know, choose stuffing or choose mashed potatoes. And then you can have some pie or whatever. Like you are the one who has to put some guidelines up for yourself. And if you can't set those, Maybe logging on a holiday is something that you need to do because if it causes you to lose your crap, that's one of the best things you can do because nobody wants to be starting over, starting over, starting over because then the next thing you know, it's going to be a year's passed by, two years have passed by, 10 years have passed by, and you've gained 80 pounds. Like, y'all, I've been there. I get it. So when it comes to these holidays, sit down write some goals out like okay I know I'm going to eat like crap for the next five days I'm going to make sure that I at least work out every single day of those days or you know I I know I'm going to eat a hefty lunch you know what maybe I'm just going to start breakfast with a good protein shake and make sure I get a good amount of protein in So if you guys struggle with that, I know my clients. We've had this conversation. You know if you're triggered. You know if you're if you spiral out of control. You know if you're a binge eater. You know if you're an emotional eater. That's one of the things I ask people on the questionnaire. Like, what kind of person are you? Are you emotionally attached to food? And if you are, holidays a lot of times trigger. Um, these spirals out of, you know, these spiraling out of control type of things. Um, I feel like for me, I'm, you know, it's 10 years now since I've, you know, lost a good portion of my weight. I have had, you know, everybody, it it doesn't happen overnight, guys. It does not happen overnight. I have to practice self-discipline every single day. I have to log I have to and that is a reality that I have come to with my with myself some people you know I used to get mad and say I just want to be I just want to be a skinny person I just don't want to have to log I I'm I have to punish myself because I'm a fat person because I have to log my food and I get so angry I know some of y'all are out there and you can relate to me because I had the I had these conversations just this week with three individuals where you just get so mad at yourself and you're like, why do I have to, why can't I just be skinny? Why, why do I have to watch what I eat? Why do I always have to think about it? Because Allison, like myself, is a food addict. If I, if I was left up to my own devices, I would eat nothing but carbs and breads and potatoes and anything with gravy on it and biscuits. Like, No, like protein is not my go-to if I was left to my own devices. I would eat lots of carbs and lots of fats and no protein and no vegetables. So when it comes to the holidays, you sit down, write out your goals. Tell yourself, okay, I am going to enjoy some pie on Christmas, but I am also going to go do a two-mile walk or a three-mile walk. Or I'm going to, my family's going to get out and we're going to do some DVD workout tape or whatever like y'all have to know yourself and take an honest self like put a mirror in front of yourself and say okay I need to self-check what you know where am I what does the holidays cause me to do am I somebody who just like uh you know if I can't if I can't be perfect at this I'm just gonna start um in February because we got holiday parties in January too you know so my best advice for you guys is to self-check and analyze where you are. And if you need help, um, like I said, I'm, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Twitter. Um, you can email me, you know, I, I can work with you guys, help coach you, get you where you need to be, but you also have to remember to give yourself grace and, you know, Screw-ups happen. I, I've been there where all of a sudden you're at the bottom of the ice cream thing and you're like, well, I only meant to eat about four, you know, like four tablespoons and you just ate the whole box of, or tub of ice cream. Like I've been there when I, I, I tell you guys that. So, you know, see where you are, you know, have a have yourself, you know, maybe ask somebody for help or somebody to be your accountability par- partner or a... You know, I had some clients say, "You know what? I lose my crap during the holidays. I am going to send you my log for accountability every single day." Um, that that's your call. So know what know what is what is right for you. Don't do what everybody else is doing. Know what's right for you. If you know, I if you're a keto client and you are on keto, maybe one of the best things you can do is just stay keto and have some, make some keto treats. I don't know. But like I said, if you're my client, reach out, let's brainstorm, let's help you get to where you need to be for the holidays. So we can set you up for success when it comes to, um, you know, hitting, you know, January strong. So, um, I do hope to, um, be able to do one more podcast before my next surgery. Um, but I, Thank, thank you guys again for just supporting me and listening to me. Um, so many of you have, um, also supported me with the fat muscle products. Um, you guys are rock stars and I truly appreciate every single one of you Her, who, who are, you know, supporters, fans, clients, whoever you are, like, um, like I relate to so many of you and I I truly appreciate everybody reaching out, um, wherever you are in your journey. Um, I just want to encourage you to keep striving to be a better version of yourself, whether that's 1% or 2% better every single day. Like we're all here. We're all family. We're all trying to be better, better individuals. And so, um, I hope you guys have a awesome week. And, um, if I don't, release another podcast. So after this, um, I will definitely update everybody on my Instagram and Facebook about how my, um, surgery is going. So, um, wish you guys all a very Merry Christmas and happy December. And, um, yeah, I guess cheers to 2022. Um, if I don't get back on here by then, so have a great week guys. Have a good one.